From ashes to aspirations, the Canadian Phoenix, a journey from lifelong ostracism, disloyalty, mandates, to the renewal of the national identity and the top gun spirit. Video, Raquel Dan shows epic stand for gun owners, CCF or YouTube channel. Did someone use the word epic in reference to Ms. Canada? Note, you know what else is epic? Canada's identity. Don't listen to the celebrity politicians that say we don't have an identity, and we should just inherit an identity, perhaps one cooked up in a sci-fi laboratory by the Z-Squad. Today we offer a free leadership lesson and political science lesson to the public and to our esteemed leaders on how to express your identity with freedom spirit. We found an interesting psychological heuristic. People in Canada often project a law of opposites. They see in others their own characteristics or they invert the world to meet its exact opposite so as to obfuscate reality. If you tell a lie, but only partially obfuscate the truth, it might be caught. But if you obfuscate with its complete opposite, you might get away with it. Let's embrace our power of perception, insight, investigation, and observation of the environment, like the STEM professionals of Canada do. As part of Canada's identity, it's not just strong soldiering that was once fundamental to the values of Canada, but strong independent Wild West resilience, family preparedness, world strength, indomitable soldiers, resilient explorers, resilient pioneers, resilient inventors and industrious builders. They turned the wilderness into a symphony of thriving cities. Our woodsmen, engineers, designers, oil workers, medics, construction workers, farmers and scientists were visionaries. Their dreams manifested in audacious aerospace, nuclear, home construction, hospital construction, highway construction, city construction, and ship construction projects. Canadian ships sailed the oceans, the likes of which the world had only ever seen in the empires of China and the United Kingdom. Canadian planes were designed to achieve new heights and new speeds in aerospace. A win which now belongs to Russia, China, and their scientists. Why should Russia be in the top five permanent members of the United Nations Security Council, especially as president, when it is involved in wars? It should be Canada, instead of Russia, on the United Nations Security Council, since Russia is involved in wars with Ukraine and by proxy in war with NATO. We should have been a veto-wielding member on the United Nations Security Council. We should have served as president of this council. It was within our grasp. If only we would have listened to ourselves, to our hearts, and to our identity rather than the subversive advice of other aspiring powers and interests. At one point, Canadian nuclear force capability would have been easy for us to achieve, and we had mastered Space Force technology. But now, the world belongs to China. But now, the world bows down to Russia. But now, the world belongs to corporate medical networks and techno-corporate socialist-fascinated oligarchs all partnered in mass just like in WW2, hiding in the European mountains, influencing and keeping in bondage our leaders, preventing their potential to serve as loyal public servants and officers. But now, the only thing we can build is a big pile of paper money, our world-renowned medical assistance, 
infrastructure projects, airplane and technology development, potential for engineered climate enhancement solutions, and housing construction were admired globally for decades. If our doors were to have been fully opened, billions of farmers would have left their farm and moved here, instead of to the ravaged cities of Europe or cities of the East. Think China's economic miracle was great. Well, we're certain global farmers would have enjoyed our respectful human-centric wages, rather than China's. We're certain farmers had more sovereignty, more biological security, and more real asset wealth back on their own $2-dollar-a-day income farms than they do today in an affordable rent or living in concrete dependence boxes financed on the Infinity Mortgage Plan. We recall Canada's extraordinary acts of generosity, the refuge Canada provided to those fleeing from slavery and other foreign and domestic injustices, much like the slavery we escaped, to an incredible Garden of Eden-like natural and organic location of refuge. Canada, a place free from all injustices, foreign and domestic oppression, oppression and censorship. Our disciplined, heroic, independent, individual, self-reliant, self-regulating, professional identity has been wiped away over the decades gradually, and then suddenly, and in the last eight years, our human identity and our professional identity and ability was replaced with a new dark group mob social media network metaverse identity, where we don't even know what math or STEM is, and dream to plug each other with wires to unite into an electronic blob that takes commands by a pattern matching circuit board. Consider this professional anomaly if you will. We have rich history where our professional gurus, backed by laws specific to their discipline, were the bulwarks of public safety and independent regulation. Yet, today we've allowed our professional arenas and their laws of authority to be redesigned, unified, and handed over to the higher echelons for regulation by distant administrators. This deprives our professionals of their autonomy and endangers their commitments. This transfer of authority from the professional class to the administrative class transpires without public debate or clear understanding of its implications. There was a time when the scales were balanced, government oversight and professional self-regulation existed in harmony. Self-regulating professions had the autonomy to leverage their specialized knowledge without fear of encroachment from the government. This balance kept power in check, ensuring that no one entity could wield absolute control over our specialists. Now, whispers in the corridor suggest that governments have been consolidating authority over our academics and professionals, particularly concerning disciplinary actions under the guise of accountability and transparency. However, it's crucial to strike a balance where professions can self-regulate effectively while being held accountable to the public. Too much governmental control risks over-centralizing power, inhibiting self-regulation. On the other hand, too little oversight creates a breeding ground for unethical practices. This shift in power dynamics leaves us in a fog of uncertainty where the boundaries of self-governance within our professional communities are blurred. It's challenging to pinpoint which professions, if any, retain their autonomy and the broad authorities granted by their unique discipline-specific legislation.
This confusion could have far-reaching consequences for public safety. In the midst of this chaos, organizations like the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights CCFR and Raquel Dancho valiantly battle to preserve Canada's cultural fabric, political fabric, domestic security fabric, national identity, our heritage, and our rights. We stand at a precipice. Only our police and military legislation remain as the last bastions of public safety. It's crucial that we protect these legislative frameworks and strive to restore the ones that previously upheld our professional disciplines, or we shall find that one day men in black pajamas or blue pajamas without professionally designated officer ranks answer our call for help. We must reclaim the balance between professional autonomy and public accountability for the sake of our societal safety and stability. Reflect on the education sector. Until the 1970s, teachers were vocal advocates, willing to challenge governmental policies they perceived as detrimental to education. Figures like Jordan Peterson, who publicly dispute governmental norms, were not the exception but the rule. Yet, this dynamism has waned in recent decades. In the corporate world, too, the authoritative command of managers seems diluted over time, replaced with a consensual approach. This shift could be attributed to societal evolution, changing views on leadership, or legal constraints. However, we must ponder the potential implications. Could this be a symptom of a larger trend towards power consolidation at higher levels? We must stay vigilant, Canada. We must remember who we are and what we stand for. We must reclaim our professional integrity and rise again. It's time we stopped the destruction and started building again. Let's put it all on the line. Let's stow the line. We cannot let our professional autonomy be usurped. Now, let's strive for excellence and stand with our heroes. Now we enjoy all of the devil's pleasures. These include rewarding Latin American cartels and CCP cartels with unbound riches of drug-selling networks on our millennial impoverished streets. Our institutions were unwavering pillars, our military disciplined, and our peacekeeping efforts earned us global trust. Once, we were a beacon of hope and excellence to the world, a testament to humanity's resilient spirit. Yet, this spirit has been gradually eroded our identity replaced, our understanding of STEM supplanted by the mob mentality of social media. The woke tell us we have no heritage, we have no past, we have no identity. We are arrogant enough and great enough that we can just invent a future, invent any identity, without any previous fundamental. We call this BS, a big shit or bullshit lie. Today, we seem to have lost our way trading our strengths and virtues for the devil's pleasures. We've unwittingly enriched Central American and Latin American cartels and CCP drug cartels with hard drugs sold to impoverished millennials on our streets and allowed money launderers to gamble and hide their ill-gotten wealth in our property market as administrators and gatekeepers choose the real estate price by rigging construction rate to zero and adding half a million newcomers a year a fascinating real estate supply-slash-demand strategy that is too complicated for us little peons to understand. The road to achieving greatness once again is the road that requires sacrifice once again.
is the road to achieving diversity, which is balanced with competence, not diversity instead of competence. The road to civility is the road which guides inclusion that includes our past, instead of inclusion that excludes our past. Inclusion balanced with heritage, not inclusion instead of heritage or inclusion instead of history. We are replacing the lessons of the past, the design of the past, with ideas that have no boundaries. But life and technology has boundaries, unless it is designed by dark forces, then it does not. Without boundaries, into the darkness we go. We must build upon our past, from previous ideas, and connect one idea to the next, in a logical sequence, as all knowledge is developed. We must add and augment our existing ideas, not replace them with an artificial reality that does not value our humanity, and only then will we thrive and survive the epic set of challenges and risks humanity faces over the next 50 years. Does the new generation think it is more intelligent than all thinkers throughout the last 2,000 years? Bold claim, the road we are taking is one of dark exploitation desire for dystopia, darkness, and sexual deviancy. We even seek celebrity deviancy in our politicians. That is what we are encouraged to be, uneducated fools, to laugh with a group at all the good people of this world who still engage in honor and loyalty. We are being tested Canada. To the rest of Canada, stop forgetting who you are. Your heroes walk among you, not above you. It's so shameful to desire bondage. A proper relationship involves cooperation, not domination. Many of your heroes cannot even look at you. Wake the hell up. We stood in principle with the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights in their resolute stance against Bill C-21. Raquel Dancho and CC Effers also stood to improve Bill C-21 or to cancel it. This struggle reminded us of World War II battles where there were many examples of small minority of hardened soldiers onboarded into dangerous missions as part of small but very effective critical campaigns, which were essential to the triumph of the free world over tyranny. And without the minority, the few special forces soldiers, the nations of the world would not be free today and might not even exist today. From all the special forces movies all of Canadians have packed into the theaters to see over the last few decades, demonstrating the warrior class identity present and strong within the souls of Canadians. We know you all understand at some level the power of minorities, and we know you all dream of scientific utopia with a heroic warrior class at your side and at the side of all other rulers who wish to deceive you that warriors are not leaders and who wish and desire to step out of line against the citizens, free from the constraints of honor, discipline, virtues, and the value system built that has thrived and built the Western world for millennia. But heroes, humans, not technology, is what will bring you the utopia you seek. Remember the first lesson. With the help of law of opposites, you shall find the truth. The CCFR, being the warrior minority of Canada, remembers what Canada's, gives it the fundamental intellectual, ethical foundations, security structure, physical strength, to hold the line against any injustice and any subversive, foreign, corporate techno-socialist force, or any other aggressor or subverter, which are operating within our country. 
the CCFR held and holds the line continually against PO and dangerous legislation which jeopardizes the growth and evolution of our professional workers of Canada and exemplifies the security-hardening mentality needed so badly within our citizens and public institutions today. We propose that the CCFR has acted as our courageous minority that served as a bulwark against injustice. And most critically, it is the CCFR that can get you to your utopia Canada. Further, it is heroes like Raquel Dancho that can get you out of the mess you don't know you're in into the real long-term progress and utopia that Canada was destined to achieve within the guardrails of proper public safety mentality. We cannot tell if heroism and freedom still mean anything to all of Canadians. We cannot stop the oblivious laughter that some do towards the Conservatives, and it breaks our heart in their disrespect for the values of the Conservative family you all lived under, which raised all of you. And if our words ring hollow, that is not a problem because of our words, it is a problem with you, and only you. But we can tell that these kind of words do not ring hollow to heroes like Raquel Dancho, Rod Giltaka, Tracy Wilson, CCFR Community and Sergeant, National Security, Public Safety and Cultural Safety Engineers. Their value system is definitely clear, and it is the last vestiges of the Canadian value system. The indomitable spirit that fuels the heart of Canada is mirrored in the spirits of freedom-loving individuals worldwide. Just consider figures like Lucas Botkin and Chris Hemsworth, who stand as paragons of resilience and determination. They are the embodiment of the freedoms we hold dear. To the rest of Canada, it's time to remember who you are. Rise up and reclaim your identity, your heritage, your history, your biological security rights your psychological security rights, your property security rights, your self-defense rights. Stand up for the digital, social, physical, and national freedom that resonates within your heart. For over a century, the labor of all Bairdans and those from the Prairie Provinces has been exploited. Their hard work and sweat have served to prop up those who neither understand the cost of war or the value of hard work. Those who've never gone to war, never sent their children to war, those who've never truly labored without subsidy, have lived off the backs of our prairie workers for multiple generations. They've overseen the theft of our purchasing power through inflation, the rigging of the real estate market to halt construction, the rigging of our industry and technology to halt 21st century progress and they now threaten our property rights and biological rights with the emergence of stakeholder capitalism and the desire to engineer and own the new human biology and slash or synthetic slash metallic slash electronic variants of it. We've witnessed an assault on our very identities as citizens of Western nation states, an orchestrated campaign by these human rights confiscators, heritage rights confiscators and traditional firearms rights confiscators. Let's remind these rights confiscators that if they wage a war against citizens and against the very concept of the citizen, they may win early battles, perhaps even persist for years, but history teaches us that the human spirit is resilient. It learns, adapts, and eventually reclaims what was taken from it.
the aggressors inevitably retreat back into the darkness from which they came. Now, let's not be timid. This is not a time for a defensive political stance. Let's reclaim our self-defense rights for ourselves, our families, our friends, and our communities. Let's teach these human rights confiscators a warrior's lesson, that the human spirit toughens throughout war, and in the end, it always triumphs. This is the essence of our article from Ashes to Aspirations. This is the essence of greatness we all seek as a nation. Through every battle, every struggle, every hero's near-death experience, the human spirit shines through, transcending death and leaving it behind, embodying the core values of freedom and resilience, leading to eternal life. Yes, we may be on the cusp of a future where a regulated brain-computer interface challenge our human perception and spirit, but the last battle for humanity has not yet begun. In today's battles, a battle for citizen access to physical security, physical capability and physical equipment, humanity wins. In today's struggle, citizens wake up to defend their physical essence, their intellectual essence, the core of their being, and their access to the tools and technology that support that being. It's time to reclaim our Canada, to strive once more for excellence, to reclaim our authority as citizens, our authority as a professionally designated class of workers, our authority as professors and educators, our authority as warriors, and to secure ourselves, our families, and our digital rights that we've never had but rightly deserve. Do not forget that warriors, that the concept of the warrior, this is also a politician, a leader or ruler class of nations. Is it the administrative state or woke that have risen to nobility and king status throughout history? Was it the European warriors, knights or samurai that offered leadership? This is what the woke seek to destroy and to wipe from your collective memories so that the administrative state knows no limits and knows no challenges. And then you as a citizen remain forever alone and defenseless without warriors to look after and safeguard your interests. Do not forget your warrior ruling class Canada. Like most other empires, such as Canada was for a brief time, Japan, India, United Kingdom, former European empires, these countries know quite well and respected throughout history and to this day, the status, class, and identity of warriors within their society. Only in Canada, is the concept of respect for warriors missing. So who is the country to respect now, if we do not offer respect to heroes and to leaders? Now is the time for Canada to relearn this fundamental respect for warriors, such as is offered by India to its warrior class. It's time for Canada to learn national history, to learn global history, to gain a national and global cultural historical understanding and to rise once again with its heroes and warriors, not without. To be a beacon of freedom and hope once again for all kinds of warrior rulers and heroes within our country. It's time to put it all on the line, to tow the line with the biggest semi-truck or armies of semi-trucks you can find. Press the pedal to the max and give it your all to restore Canada to its rightful place at the top. Don't think, just do. Cast your vote for Pierre for PM and board the Canadian plane or the Canadian semi-truck. 
not the Chinese or German or techno-corporate socialist wolf pack of submarines, but be the lone wolf spirit of the Canadian Ranger, appreciating your individuality, being confident in your authority, building upon your own heroic warrior capability, training to enhance your own resiliency and that of your family, furthering your mastery of knowledge, practicing your mastery of applied STEM fields, and laboring to relearn the lost fundamental human survival capability. Let's reclaim our Canada now. Don't just watch from the sidelines. Join the political battle and stand with humans on the human side of history. Put your neck on the line. Because if there was ever a time or something worth a social ostracism risk, this is that time, and it's worth it at any price. Stop blowing shit up and build things. As we close, remember these words. We rose from the ashes of soul-tearing and soul-crushing lifelong group ostracism, disloyalty of friends, disloyalty of leaders, horrible human rights ideas of modern times, and the threat of biological rights violating mandates. Canada can rise from those ashes too. P.S. To Raquel Dancho, you can't defeat every man out there, but definitely you will defeat the ones in charge. Iron Man, Canada Edition, an unacademic and pragmatic approach to problem-solving nation-state level issues, from your friendly neighborhood working-class online trainer. Sergeant, Inspiration, this article is inspired by the unwavering spirit of unity and collaboration depicted in the struggle of the CCFR, the firearms rights advocates, the censored independent media of Canada, the Canadian truckers, the conservative members who speak with such rationality, impact, and continually bring global respect to Canada. In their story, overcoming adversity and bridging class divides were central themes that inspired us to hold firm to fundamental professional principles that aligned with human-centrist worldview. This article also draws inspiration from the unwavering spirit of love, unity, and resilience demonstrated by the Canadian truckers. Through their steadfast commitment to freedom and rights, they also exemplify the courage needed to confront challenges head-on. Their story resonates with the themes portrayed in, in the struggle of the heroes challenging Bill C-21 and the struggle of Canadian firearm advocates who have been warriors that have defended our rights for over 110 years. In these struggles, we witness the transformative power of perseverance even when faced with multi-generational overwhelming and supreme adversity. It is through embracing such values that we can work together to overcome life's challenges and create a better future for all. Inspiration. We recognize the self-sacrifice and courage of the Canadian truckers who have stood up for the common man, embodying the principles outlined in professional codes of ethics that are prevalent and respected among all the regulated professional disciplines. These principles emphasize public safety, competence, honesty, and respect, as well as an inclusive approach that embraces people from all walks of life. We hope that our inspiration encourages others to feel inspired as well, and then to make a positive impact by supporting, creating, and building a great future for all. Related content. Additional leadership notes on this YouTube clip. Skills Gap Train Reply to Video. Our partners and I am hoping that Alberta, 
Saskatchewan and Manitoba will hold a line on issues of public safety, citizen authority, identity preservation, heritage preservation, historical preservation, local government authority, and firearms rights. We hope BC decides one day to support the Prairie Provinces a little more than they have in the past, but people here are sleeping, and in the long run will regret not supporting the neighboring provinces. It is our hope that the prairies offer safety, a place of freedom and refuge that one could escape to in the event of dark times ahead in Canada. There was a glimmer of hope that we saw today in a little online clip about the new passport, though the new passport design most likely has redefined something to do with the concept of citizenship, monarchy, Canadian heritage. One hour later, hem, little animals, instead of profound humans. Law of opposites, on the value system of humanity, strikes again. As a positive, it still seems to be on paper and not digital only. So maybe, just maybe, there are a few decent people in government who are aware of the need to secure our public safety, respect our history, and the Western values. Three hours later, oh, never give the leaders the benefit of the doubt. We now see the new passport design has a digital chip and an antenna. Let us hope it does not turn into a subscription service with visa expiry dates. Sergeant, reply to video. God is not dead, but if God were to be truly dead, Canada might still be okay. Philosophers have argued that if some people rise to give examples of super strength to others, Humanity could avoid the dark dystopian nihilism and anarchy likely and present in our future. This would happen because the deep psychological bond between people and the political state and the perception of the political state as providing all the meaning and connection they seek and need in their life would transform into a belief in each other, in humanity and in our own individual strength. I thought that we didn't have people anymore with supreme strength to replace the death of God as the leader. But we have a few superhumans. Dan Cho is either a superhuman or the child of a god. Compared to any man we have met, no one comes close to defending, not just a friend, a village, a city, but all of Canada. Citizens, take note, she is not afraid. We should build a statue for her like the Athena City Defender Statue of Greece. Defender of the spiritual soul of humanity. Defender of freedom and democracy. Real defender of Canada. I get that many in Canada don't understand the consequences in perpetuity from pushing Bill C-21. But then, why do you pack the theater for 20 years to eagerly watch heroes like Captain America? when you have a similar captain hero that fights just like that and simply needs you to be a little bit honest and not join Hydra. Be consistent, Canada. You either appreciate heroism or you appreciate something else. Sergeant. Adventure. Raquel embodies what a powerful woman is all about. Skills gap train reply. Indeed, true power lies not in partying or conforming to establishment media norms but in tackling the challenges and risks humanity faces head-on with a good team. People may shy away from embracing their inner warrior, even ridiculing those with a yielding work determination and a respect for military, security, and history of war. They discourage courage and the growth of inner strength, hoping to prevent the spread of deadly weapons. 
We're not talking about the R-15. Raquel Dancho is also a deadly weapon, and I bet you they don't want us to have women like that in Canada either. If Raquel Dancho was a firearm, she'd be a BNTPC-308, not the DMR version. Perfect for special operations. Swiss perfection with R-10 striking power. Though we may not all be able to afford a BNTPC-308, Canadian innovations such as the Crux 308 and firearms like Tabor 7 still let us still participate a little bit in the warrior and sports ethos that once was a part of Canadian identity. So, it's up to every individual who values, engages with, and learns from the history of soldiers, culture, firearms, and war to safeguard our rights and champion our core values. Thanks for doing it, Raquel in the Firearms Community of Canada. And thank you as well on Giltaka. There might only be a few defenders in Canada, but each one can defeat 10 men. Sergeant, Rhett, it truly is a tragedy what the Liberal and NDP voters have done to Canada. Shame on them. Stefan, if you don't like what the majority of Canadians want, you should move out. Skills Gap Train Reply. Dear Stefan and fellow commenters, the sentiment that those who disagree with the perceived majority should move out echoes a form of bullying reminiscent of schoolyard tactics or individuals with an axe to grind that do not respect their fellow neighbors or life or society as a whole. It's troubling to observe this dismissive approach used against those who dare to voice dissent. This pattern, evident in Canada across the last 30 years, perpetuates a culture of lifelong ostracism all too familiar to many Canadians. Canada's resilient spirit and community spirit was not built on the ostracizing of those who dare to question the so-called majority. It's not in our national character to reject individuals who express ideas outside of the mainstream news. Instead, we should cherish these voices as symbols of our democratic heritage. Our discourse should not be monopolized by a multitude of large overarching leadership groups with tiny, tight-lenit subgroups that exclude Canadians based on differing viewpoints. This trend to long lines, division, and distinct group and network architecture, whether subtly influenced by foreign entities, powerful networks, corporate socialist global networks, diminishes our individuality, our Canadian identity and threatens the core values of Canadian society. Such exclusionary behavior seems to serve those who would rather see us divided than united, eroding our national solidarity and neighbor lines. It aligns more with the interests of those promoting a technocratic future of borderlessness, where individual voices are suppressed under a wave of groupthink, than with the democratic ideals that define our nation. Encouraging someone to move out or fit in stifles critical thinking and undermines our collective resilience. This is not the Canadian way. We should strive to foster an environment where differing opinions are not only tolerated but actively encouraged. Our shared Canadian identity is enriched, not threatened, by the diversity of thought among us. Rhett, I urge you not to be silenced or driven away by such attempts at ostracism. Your individual voice matters. Your ability to generate your own ideas, not parrot the ideas of the nearest group you are associated with, 
aligns with freedom spirit of Canada. To the rest of us, let's resist the temptation to bully dissenting voices into silence. Instead, let's strive to understand and appreciate our individual differences. In the face of potential foreign influences and increasing corporate control, let's remember that our strength lies in our individual thoughts, ideas, and the ability to think critically. It's through robust dialogue and mutual respect that we can reclaim the essence of being Canadian, where each voice contributes to our collective narrative rather than being drowned out by a monolithic chorus. Remember, the pain inflicted by bullying and ostracism goes against the very fabric of who we are as Canadians, and yet the vast majority of Canadians, the real majority of Canadians, have undergone and have risen from years and decades of ostracism. Let's stand up for the freedom to express our thoughts, for the independence of our minds, the sovereignty of our citizens, and for the unity of our great nation. Or else one day, we will be assigned social insurance numbers as sets of 12 Canadians as a set, rather than respected for who we are as individual citizens with rights, and listened to for who we are as individuals. Very disappointing, Stefan. You choke the soul of individualism and human belonging in Canada. Sergeant, Stefan, skills gap trainer. These people have a problem with how other people think in this country so I stand up for Canadians' opinions and if anyone doesn't like it, they can move to another country. Skills gap train reply. Stefan, Canada's political landscape is notably diverse, with prevailing views often differing from city to city. Consequently, Canadians can experience various political realities without leaving their home country. Your advice, Stefan, could be further enhanced by suggesting the option to move to another city or province, and this type of comment might offer a higher level of inclusivity. Indeed, your recent comments exhibit a fortitude that others might find inspiring. Individuals should display courage in seeking out places that reflect their values and perspectives. While relocating to areas aligning with one's political beliefs can foster personal satisfaction and contribute to the growth of these areas and ideas, the challenges of moving often deter such actions. If individuals truly wish to enact change they believe in, they might consider matching the strength of your words with their actions. Unfortunately, Many people live in cities where the dominant political values differ from their own, and they seldom venture to places where they can align with a community for change. However, it's important to remember that other Canadian cities may harbor individuals who share and align with the political values of minority views within your own city. My apologies, Stefan, if I appeared intrusive. Sergeant, 